invest with South Africa's leading provider of index tracking products. Head over to Cetrix.co.za. Locally listed ETFs typically would distribute and there's regulatory reasons why they would do that. So the onus would then be on you or the platform that you're investing through to make sure that you actually reinvest those distributions because that's really where the power of compounding kicks in. You want to be getting the total return of the index that you're tracking and the only way to get that is by actually reinvesting those distributions back in. If you don't do that, you're only getting the price return of that index through time and a big, big source of your return long-term is going to come from reinvesting those distributions. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. Welcome back to part two and thank you so much for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ Atlard, still hanging out with Kingsley Williams, the Chief Investment Officer at Satrix. So this episode is uh, for the investment fundies, right, who are keen to get their investment journey started. You know, a little bit of an investing 101, particularly in relation to index tracking and index ETFs with Satrix. Uh, Kingsley, you know, Normally, when people are new to the world of investing, they're giving advice around investing in exchange-traded funds. They're always told that's where you need to start. Why is that? I mean, what are the benefits of an ETF? Yeah, thanks for having me, Tepo, again, and uh, continuing the conversation. Um, I think the reason investors, particularly investors who are starting out, are advised to go into index funds or into exchange traded funds is firstly because they're low cost and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But the primary reason that you want to start with a well diversified fund is because for that very reason, it's more diversified than investing in a single stock. There's a lot of risk that you face when investing in a single stock. For example, just this last week, on one day, I think Nuspas and Process were down 17% in one day. Uh, But the market was actually up that day. You know, that just speaks to how different shares can move differently. And as a whole, you get a much more stable return. Investing in equities can can be very risky, but it's a lot more stable than in holding just one stock in your entire portfolio. Because there's a lot of risks that affect a single company, which you can diversify away by holding a broad basket of shares, which an index fund or an ETF does that for you. Uh, and it makes it a, a logical place to, to start investing and gain confidence in the markets. And it's also just practically, and I know this from my own personal experience, it's a lot more cost effective to do it that way than building the portfolio yourself. Uh, and it's a lot more time cost effective because managing a portfolio takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work. You constantly got to be looking at the companies, deciding what you're going to do with the dividends that you've received. Are you going to reinvest them? What are you going to reinvest them in? What's your next purchase going to be? Big decision. What are you going to sell if you're going to sell anything? So all of those questions uh, and decisions and activities are taken care of for you when you invest in an ETF or an index fund. Yeah, because I think it can be quite stressful and overwhelming. You're new to the world of investing and now you're trying to figure out which companies, how much do I put? I keep hearing about buy the dip. Do I buy? Do I sell? Uh, And you're still trying to understand uh, what a share is, what dividends are. So I think everything you've said makes so much sense and I think it speaks to the reasoning around why ETFs are a great place to start, get a little bit of 
with some skin in the game understand the market a little bit and also from a cost point of view it's it's, it's much better that way uh, one of the things that we like to do on the podcast is break down jargon uh, and we hear a lot of index tracking what on earth is index tracking yeah so i hope i can do justice to this question and put it in such a simple term that everyone understands because i think there's this uh, notion of uh, passive investing and that's contrasted with active investing and i i don't like the term passive because i don't think any investing whatever form it takes is passive uh, even if you are tracking a market cap weighted index that would typically be deemed passive investing deciding which index you're going to track is active deciding which vehicle you're going to track it through you know is an active decision deciding what your risk profile is and what the appropriate strategy is to go with that are all active decisions that need to be made so there's no such thing as passive investing so index tracking is very much a systematic or rules-based investment approach uh, which is implemented by tracking a benchmark index so that benchmark index is typically rebalanced at a predetermined frequency. So in other words, you wouldn't be trading within that strategy opportunistically. You would trade on a, on a preset frequency. You know, that frequency could nonetheless be quite regular. So we've got some strategies which rebalance as often as every six weeks. So it just depends on what the rules are, which are stipulated up front. Uh, that informs how that index strategy is going to be managed. Now, how that benchmark is arrived at that you choose to track can be done in an almost infinite number of, of ways. Historically, it was just done on the size of each company, the market cap of each company, and that's how your traditional indices are created. But there are numerous other uh, metrics that can be used to construct indices, whether it's momentum, whether it's looking at value characteristics or quality characteristics, or actually a combination of those different characteristics put into a single index in a multi-factor context. So there's lots of different options on ways with which an index can be constructed. And I think that speaks to the breadth of what's available through an index tracking approach and why boxing it as, oh, that's just passive, it doesn't do justice to the range of investment strategies that are available through an index tracking way. And the reason clients love it is obviously because it's a far more cost-effective way to invest. It's typically has a much lower entry point than a traditionally actively managed portfolio where your portfolio manager would be making the decisions on when to buy, when to sell, and would be looking hopefully to trade opportunistically on your behalf. Uh, following a rules-based or systematic approach tends to be a lot more cost-effective and investors get the transparency and consistency of that investment strategy because it's rules-based. It's always going to stick to what it says it's going to do uh, throughout different market cycles. So emotions don't come into it you get a value portfolio whether value is popular to hold or not. And because you've chosen to invest in that strategy, you can have confidence that you're always going to have a value portfolio in that segment of your, of your overall uh, investment portfolio. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. In terms of the funds themselves, you know, what are the different uh, index funds in South Africa? Yeah, they're, they're probably too many. Well, there definitely are too many to, to mention in this discussion. But what I have is... Uh, you know, is a taxonomy. And I guess this is, uh, it's a fancy word for just a framework of thinking about what the different strategies are that are available, mm -hmm. because some are at one end of the spectrum that are perhaps a bit simpler to understand what we would call vanilla strategies. They give you market cap exposure. And what I mean by market cap exposure just means the biggest companies on the exchange, like a Nuspas, like an Anglos, like an MTN, 
those have a higher weight in the in the in the benchmark index and in the ETF fund tracking it versus smaller companies on the exchange which would have a smaller weight. So that's the traditional way within which in, uh, indices are constructed. So that's your vanilla or your beta exposure. And that can be the broad market. It can be just on the large cap shares like the top 40, or it can even be within a sector. Uh, you could just do that on the financials or just on the resources, or, you could, or it could be on the property segment of the market. And then there's even other asset classes, such as uh, bonds or interest-bearing asset classes. So you can get exposure to government bonds. You can get exposure to all of the nominal bonds in our market, including the state-owned entities uh, that issue debt. Uh, Or you can have inflation-linked bonds. Uh, These are also market cap-weighted strategies. So in other words, uh, they're weighted based on the, the amount of capital issued within each instrument. So that would be the range of beta or vanilla offerings that there are. But then if you move across into the world of non-vanilla strategies, that's where our factor offerings exist. Uh, so these are strategies which have been shown to deliver excess returns versus the market uh, over long periods of time. And some of those factors would be things like momentum, value, uh, quality, small size. So just to make sure everyone understands It's the opposite of a market cap weighted strategy, which gives a higher weight to the larger companies. If you have a small size strategy, it means you're giving higher weight to smaller companies. Exactly. Or you or you taking an overweight position in a smaller segment of the market Uh, or an equally weighted strategy would be an example of that. And then there's a multi-factor offering as well, which uh, invests in different factors all in one investment fund. So that would be in the non-vanilla space. And then we can move into the thematic space, which is also an expression of non-vanilla investing, which gives you exposure to those different mega trends I spoke about earlier. Yeah, I think you've given us such a beautiful overview of, you know, the different types of, of indexes that are out there and a really good understanding of them as well. I want to get into ETFs in particular, so the index ETFs. What on earth is that? Yeah, so an ETF is just a collective investment scheme. But I think before we um, talk about collective investment scheme, let's understand what a simple portfolio is in the client's own name. So if you're building that portfolio on your easy equities uh, profile, you know, know, in your easy equities account, you're going to buy individual shares, decide what weight each share has, and construct that portfolio yourself. You are the the only owner of that portfolio. Uh, it's, It's your portfolio. You are the only beneficiary of that portfolio. And so you've got control on what happens in terms of money going in, money coming out. Uh, and the impact that that has on the portfolio and what you do with it. But in a collective investment scheme, essentially you're putting your capital along with a whole lot of other investors who have also put their capital into the same investment strategy. So traditionally that would have been done through a unit trust where you would deposit cash into a unit trust and all the investors would share in the returns of that underlying portfolio. So an investment manager is going to manage that underlying portfolio on your behalf. You know, that's the way a unit trust would work. Now, the only difference with an ETF is that it's exactly the same thing. It's uh, legally the same thing as a unit trust. The only difference is an ETF is listed on the exchange. So the way that you access it is different. You buy it and sell it like an any other share that you would hold directly in your portfolio. Except now you have exposure to a much broader investment opportunity set than if you were to construct that portfolio yourself. And the reason why uh, investors like ETFs and and, and why people want to hold them is for the reasons I mentioned earlier. You get that diversification with one share. 
uh, as opposed to having the risk associated with only holding one share in your portfolio. So immediately you've got a far more diversified exposure and ETFs, because they track indices, as I mentioned earlier, they give you consistency that you're always going to get the same kind of exposure based on the rules that govern that index. Because it's rules-based, because it's those rules have been set up front, you have confidence that for example, if you're investing in an equally weighted share, that every quarter those shares will indeed be equally weighted, an equally weighted ETF. You know, every quarter the investment manager will equally weight that portfolio. So it's very well diversified and it gives you exposure to that uh, small size tilt that we spoke about with the factors. Yeah, you've given us such a, an interesting overview and, and even going into a little bit, uh, you know, of, of deeper understanding of these things. And of course, for our listeners within our portfolio of episodes, uh, you can uh, rewind back to our Unit Trust uh, 101 episode with Bob and Jack. And of course, we also had Narina Fissa uh, doing uh, a little bit of the ETFs 101. So you can always rewind back to those episodes and come back to this one as well. Uh, Kingsley, we know from our listeners and our investors, they love dividends. When we're talking about ETFs, uh, are they dividends? Can one earn them from there? Uh, ETFs do typically distribute and pay out distributions. We would call them distributions rather than dividends, but essentially they're dividends. It, it just depends. You know, some ETFs uh, might be investing in bonds, for example. So then you're going to experience it as a dividend like you would because it's a it's a share on the exchange, but it's, it's, it's effectively a distribution and you're getting that distribution as income or, or, or a dividend. But yes, locally listed ETFs typically would distribute and there's regulatory reasons why they would do that. So the onus w- would then be on you or the platform that you're investing through to make sure that you actually reinvest those distributions because that's really where the power of compounding kicks in. Uh, you want to be getting the total return of the index that you're tracking. And the only way to get that is by actually reinvesting those distributions back in. If you don't do that, you're only getting the price return of that index through time. And a big, big source of your return long term is going to come from reinvesting those distributions. So very important to do that. In the global context, most of our products that uh, Satrix offers uh, are what we call accumulating funds. So in other words, they don't actually distribute because the underlying fund that we're holding to provide that exposure is doing that for you. So it's reinvesting the distribution so you don't have to do it yourself. And there are a lot of tax benefits in doing that. And essentially, it's giving you the total return of whatever index we're tracking, whether it's S&P 500 or MSCI World or Emerging Markets. Uh, It's giving you the total return of that index without you even needing to worry about reinvesting those distributions. So very simply, local uh, ETFs typically do pay out. Uh, Global ETFs on the Satrix platform typically reinvest on your behalf. Uh, so that's that would be the lay of the land. But there are some strategies that Satrix offers that are particularly focused on maximizing the amount of distributions that get paid out to investors. So something like our Dividend Plus uh, ETF, it uh, sits in the factor space, specifically targets uh, companies that have the highest dividend yield on a forecast basis. So investors should expect a higher dividend yield from a strategy like that versus a vanilla strategy that uh, just invests in the broad spectrum of companies on the exchange. Yeah, you know, just hearing you, I- I'm a big fan of the offering that is available at Satrix. So, you know, within my portfolio, I've got uh, the Capped All Share, I've got uh, Finney 15, I've got NASDAQ 100. Uh, I even have the Healthcare Innovation ETF within my portfolio. Uh, what makes Satrix different to other providers uh, of index tracking products? 
Yeah, I mean, index tracking is actually a relatively commoditized offering. So it is a good question that you're asking, because what differentiates what we do versus anyone else? Yes. So a couple of things I would touch on is that, uh, you know, firstly, Satrix was the first ETF issuer in the country. So we have the most experience in terms of uh, listing and bringing ETFs to market. We've got the longest track record in doing that. And because of that, we also have the largest product range. So there's more choice for investors within Satrix products than you'll find with any of the other issuers that are available in our market. Not saying that their products aren't great. It's just Satrix is all encompassing in terms of what you're looking for. We, we offer the most choice. And along with that, we also have the most scale. So the largest assets under management in our ETF products specifically, but as a business overall. To me, that I think speaks of the trust that the investing public has placed in Satrix as a brand to uh, deliver on the investment promise that we're offering investors. That makes so much sense in terms of, you know, some of the things that differentiates you from other providers. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, you guys are in my portfolio. Uh, and maybe we should talk a bit about your portfolio uh, and your top three in terms of, you know, your index ETFs. Uh, and perhaps listeners could even consider that. So Kingsley, uh, what are your top three index ETFs? Yeah, so I'm going to tell you what I've got sitting in my portfolio. Um, I have exposure to the recently listed capped all share ETF known as the Satrix Cappy. Uh, I think the ticker code on that is STX CAP. Um, and I love that ETF uh, because it's firstly, it's quite an innovative offering in our market in that it's the only ETF available on the JSE that gives you exposure to the entire JSE. So uh, all of the other ETFs on our market give you exposure to a subset of the JSE, either the largest 40 companies, maybe mid cap companies, or you're taking a factor exposure to a segment of the market, but there's no no other ETF apart from uh, the Satrix Capi or Capped All Share ETF that gives exposure to all of the uh, companies in the All Share Index. So that's the large, mid, and small cap companies. And uh, that ETF, I think, is still running at a zero TER to the end of this year. Yeah. And from next year, it's going to have a very competitive TER, I think, at around 15 basis points. So it remains a very competitive offering once those fees kick in. Divi is another one that I've got in my portfolio. Uh, I've got it in unit trust form, but whether you hold it in unit trust or ETF, it's going to give you very similar returns. Uh, so I like that strategy because uh, dividend is interesting in that, you know, it's not about receiving the dividends but it's about the investment returns that that strategy delivers on a total return basis. And I like Divi because it's got value elements to it. You know, high dividend yield does speak to value to some degree, i.e. companies that are trading at a discount, and that over the long term should give you excess returns. But companies that are paying out dividends also speaks to a quality dimension. And when we look through uh, the holdings within these different portfolios, we see that the Divi strategy gives you good exposure to cheaper companies as well as high quality companies. And then the last one would be uh, from a global diversification perspective would be the Satrix MSCI World ETF. Uh, a great product, uh, tracks the MSCI World Index very efficiently. It's an accumulating product. So you don't have to worry about reinvesting any distributions. You get the MSCI World Total Return Index uh, on a net of fees basis. Uh, very efficiently, very cost-effective product, and that gives you exposure to pretty much the developed world in a very, very diversified way. So those would be my top three uh, ETFs that that I have exposure to, and would uh, you know have have great confidence in saying that investors should have exposure to those in their portfolio. 
So a little bit of a peek into uh, Kingsley's uh, portfolio with the Satrix Capi, Satrix Divi, and MSC World. Uh, I've got some of those in mind, so I'm uh, on track in terms of that. Uh, thank you, Kingsley, for schooling us on index tracking and ETFs. Uh, in part three, we'll get into something that is new and exciting, thematic investing. Uh, if you go back to part one, we touched on this a little bit, but we're going to get into a little bit more detail. So keep it locked to the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide. Investing. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.